0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
4: Live around the world on the internet at show.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello and good morning to you, my friends. It is The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hi, how are you? How? What's uh? What's uh? What's going on in your world? Uh? What's how is your how is your weekend? Are you ready to? Are you ready to dive in and uh and start the week fresh? <clears throat> I am not. I am not ready. I am not. I was still man. I was laying in bed last night at twelve thirty, unable to sleep. I don't know why. I don't know. And then that alarm just went off like four hours later, and I just wanted to
3: strangle it.
4: But uh, you know, it is—it's uh, it, just—it's. I guess it's just one of those things. I mean, it's—it's it's fun day, right? Fun day, Monday, and uh, we've gotta—we've gotta be adults about it and tackle it with vim and vigor and be all positive about it. And I just want to go back to bed. <laughs> the worst part is is that what you finally do fall asleep when it's like that is that you are just like oh it's so good and then ah, the alarm goes off and <clears throat> you're just if i hit that snooze button one more time it's going to be bad right yeah mhm yeah anyway so that <laughs> thank you uh th- thank you for joining us this morning uh in our in our combined and and uh, shared misery of monday it is it is what it is why do we have to be adults yeah that's uh that's that, that's the quite that's my the first question i asked myself this morning when that alarm went off why why do i have to be why can't i just be a teenager for another minute and just hit that alarm and have mom come in and wake me up mom i don't want to get up all right um Well, let's uh, let's crack into this, shall we, and see what we've got going on uh, for this morning. Uh, This morning, we're going to be talking with uh, David uh, Boyle, who is going to man, I really wish we could get a twofer. First and foremost, he's going to come on and we're going to talk about um, uh, we're going to talk about the covid covid alliance. Am I right? I think it's the COVID Alliance. We're going to talk about that. They're having a meeting here uh, in October, and we're going to discuss that. And uh, we'll <clears throat> we'll figure it out and see what what all is going to be covered on that. And we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that here uh, in just a few minutes this morning. Starting at about six twenty four, we'll we'll hit on that and then maybe i don't know maybe we'll pull david aside for a little bit afterwards cuz he has written a fantastic article talking about the local races for school board in fairbanks now as i've mentioned several times here over the last uh, couple of weeks we are hot and heavy into it folks i mean we are we, we are we're there we we are just about to have the um uh, uh, we're just about to have the local elections uh, across the state in various areas here in the first week in October. <clears throat> and this is where you can make a difference. Um, you know, I will say first and uh, first and foremost, uh, the, the frustration that many of us feel as we watch the absolute clown show, that is national governance in this country. Uh, we feel a uh, we feel a tremendous amount of frustration, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of of hopelessness. Um, you know, I keep remembering the old proverb of something along the lines of "hope deferred makes the heart sick." kind of thing like we keep hoping that they're going to figure it out we keep hoping that we're all going to be come to, we're going to be able to come together we hope that we're going to be able to find some compromise and that there'll be an end to the divisiveness and the uh bickering and the back and forth that we see a lot of times from the uh, uh that we see a lot of times on the national stage and usually we are severely disappointed and I got to be honest with you <clears throat> It gets a little tiring, does it not? I mean, you guys are all, um, you know, you guys are, are are all know what I'm talking about. You watch the, the, you know, you think it'd be written by somebody who works for The Onion or for The Babylon Bee, some of the stories that are coming out. But no, they're actually true, to life stories. This is what's happening in Wash, And quite honestly, it's one of the reasons why I have been advocating for the last, I don't know, 10 years. 12 years, 15 years, I don't know at this point, to where we should really just focus more on issues that are here inside the state and really focus on issues, more importantly, that are happening in your own backyard. And when you have these local elections coming up, you owe it to yourself, uh, you owe it to your children, you owe it to your family, the people around you, to really study in and talk about the different people who are running for various races and candidacies and everything else so that you can be informed and hopefully make that difference. Because I think, as I was mentioning earlier, there was a time um, about, I guess it was close to 10 years ago, where while the state was ostensibly pretty red overall – more of a you know more of a conservative state, according to the numbers and everything else, and what you know kind of that anecdotally, what you know you take the you take the temperature of the room, and that's what you'd think. The local communities, the local governance, was all um, blue, blue, bluish purple. In some cases, it was really blue, and in some cases, it, even in areas that were. Um, You know, strong bastions of conservatism, you know, talking about what Fairbanks used to be or the Matsu or the Kenai. And you looked at the you know, you looked at the people, you looked at the general election information and you're like, oh, this is mostly, you know, Republicans or conservatives or whatever. And then you would look at what was happening locally and you'd find that the majority of the people on the assemblies and the city councils were all, um, you know, or mostly. Uh, You know, progressive, liberal, blue, bluish purple kind of folks. And you're like, how does that how does that happen? Well, it happens because we stop paying attention to the low. We get distracted by the bread and circuses of the national stage because that's what's thrust down our throats every minute of every day. You know, with the CNNs and the Fox Newses and the, the the MSNBCs and and I mean everything else, even the, you know, I don't know what's the name of that one network that everybody seems to quote to me from the conservative. Oh, and uh, the one one America Network, the World Net Daily. I mean, I don't know, but you know, all the they all focus on the national stuff. Like we can have a direct. we can, all we can do really at this point is to get outraged. We can get outraged by it, and that's about the effect of what we can have on that. Meanwhile, we stop paying attention to what's going on locally where we can have a true and effective difference. And we've seen that time and time and time again. I remember that there have been many instances. I mean, one of the most glaring instances was uh, in Fairbanks when <clears throat> Bart LeBond and Catherine Dodge ran against each other for a state house seat. And the difference when it was all said and done in the final recount, it was one vote. One vote. But there's been mayors for races in the Fairbanks North Star Borough for mayor that were decided by as little as 12 votes. And I'm sure you've seen that around the state. I mean, the most famous one was the one where they had to flip a coin up on the uh, – uh, uh, they flip a coin up at one of the – I can't remember. was it Pack Attack? I, I can't remember who it was. But they had, literally had to flip a coin. To see who won, because it was a dead heat the whole time. So don't tell me that your vote doesn't count. The Just tell me that your vote, because it does. And guess what? If you got informed about the local issues and chose your candidate, whoever it is, whether, you know— we agree on the issues or not, I'm not saying, you know, you can definitely not agree on the issues with me and go vote your conscience. That's the whole point. But if you can educate and bring others with you, just think about the multiplication power of that. You know, you've got you've got votes that were decided by a handful of people. You know, you've got whole you've got whole positions, mayorships and legislative seats and things that were decided by You know, one, two, 10, 12, 15 people. What if you brought one extra friend? What if you brought, you know, a couple extra people? What if you gave somebody a ride? What if you helped somebody get their absentee ballot in or, you know, helped an elder who couldn't make it down there? What if you did those things? What if you got one or two more votes for every race out there? What a difference could that make? and that way you could still scream at your TV at the end of the day as you watch whatever you're watching to tell you about locally what's going, you know, nationally what's going on. But at least you'll feel good because you were able to make a difference local where you're mostly affected. I mean, we're really I mean, we there are some overarching effects of things that are going on the federal side of the world, but more importantly in our day-to-day lives we are affected by what's going on locally. That's that's what needs to happen. That's where the engagement should be. Get out. Bring a friend. You know, help some folks. You do, do what you need to do. Spread the spread the gospel of paying attention. And LeBon turned out to be as liberal as Dodge. Having served on a borough assembly with Catherine Dodge, I can tell you that's a no. LeBon may not have been great, but he was better than the alternative, my friend. I'll tell you that right now, better than the alternative. So we've got these uh, we've got these races coming up in just uh, what is it? Uh, three weeks from tomorrow. I got to do the I got to do the count now because it's again I haven't had any sleep. Three uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow is going to be the election. In many municipalities, except Anchorage, uh, many municipalities and boroughs across the state, most of them, I think, in fact, Uh, the voting day is going to be October 3rd. So have you chosen your candidate? And not just for assembly, but have you looked at the school board candidates? Because believe it or not, that's important. Important enough that there are outside groups that are throwing tens of thousands of dollars into these local races for school board. Right? It's some crazy stuff. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk more about that here later on, but uh, we've got uh, David Boyle coming in, and uh, we told him we would let Tim come on out and tell us about this uh, uh, this meeting in October with the COVID alliance. I mean, I'm kind of over the whole COVID thing now myself, so I don't know exactly what's going to... What the meeting's gonna do but i mean i know that there's lots of talk about a new variant and what are they gonna do and potential shutdowns and i just you know i'm not gonna comply so i don't know what i don't know what's going on but we'll get this we'll get the rundown from uh from david boyle here in a minute the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio we're gonna be back with more here in just a moment don't go anywhere david boyle our guest
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
4: Okay, my friends, how are you on this, oh, this Monday morning? Hmm. Yeah, I just could not shut my brain off last night. I mean, just could not. It would just uh. Ugh. And last time I looked at the clock, it was like 12:26 and I'm like, "This is insane. This alarm is going to go off in 4 hours." Anyway, <clears throat> we're uh, so if I am, seem a little more dunderheaded than usual today, that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Um, I see David Boyle is in the green room, so let's uh, let's get things squared away with him and uh, bring him on the program to talk about what's uh, happening, and we'll do that right now. Good morning, David.
3: Hey, good morning, Michael. Can you hear me?
4: I can. Are you got another, I hear myself in an echo in the background. Are you running a radio or something in the background?
3: Yes, my wife is listening.
4: Turn it off, Linda. Yeah. Turn it off or turn (laughs) it way down. One of the two. I can hear, I can hear it in the background. So, um, Go in the bedroom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so good morning, David. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. Still got a bit of a tickle cold, which is kind of
3: funny. It's, Feels like a carry just continuing on with um, my, my latest COVID maybe but I hope not. But I'm in uh, – right now I'm in Leadville, Colorado, and it's at 10,200 feet. So that might have an impact on my O2 yeah. uptake as yeah. well.
4: No, that breath thing at high altitude, definitely not a, not a fun thing. All right, so we're going to dive into this on the whole COVID alliance thing, and we can talk about that. Do you um... – um, I would like to talk to you about this uh, latest article that you just uh, dropped yesterday, I guess, over at Mustery talking yes. about the Fairbanks school board. So I don't know if you want to take a segment and talk about the COVID alliance. I don't know if we can, I don't think we need two segments on it. Uh, it's probably enough to get the information out and then spend the second segment talking about that or what, uh, if you have the time.
3: Nope, that, that's fine. Michael be glad to. And um uh, yeah, these those folks up in Fairbanks better start paying attention to their school board elections.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, they they should be paying attention to all the elections, but school board is the one. I guess that's the one that keeps getting forgotten. I mean, I remember even, you know, as I sit down and go to vote and I'm like, oh, who is who's running for school board? It's like last minute. Even I was like, who is it? Unless there was some candidate that was a true standout, I could never – I, I could never remember or bother to pay attention to it, and we should. We should be paying attention to it. Yeah, you know, I've, I've always said,
3: like in Anchorage, that uh, it appears as if um, chuck holes are more important than kids when it comes to voting, because people tend to vote for, you know, are the roads plowed? Uh, right. or they fill the chuck holes in front of my home. And it's an afterthought when it comes to uh, school board selections. And the other thing is, and people used to call me up and said.
4: David, who do I vote for in school boards? And, yeah, uh, that happens all the time to me. Who who do I vote for? Not necessarily in school boards, but people that call me. I get two or three calls on Election Day. Who should I vote for? You're deciding now who to vote for? I mean, we should be paying attention to this a lot closer, you know. All right, well, hold the line, David. Uh, we're 22 seconds out, and we're about to jump back into it, so I'm going to – uh, mute you for just a minute yeah. here. We'll be right back to you. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Please uh, like it. Well, we're a minute out. Uh, we're okay. Wait. I got, I got distracted. There's too many, too many different colored boxes up here above me. So now we're forty seconds out. I was a little ahead of the. Guess better to be early than to be late in this situation. Uh, Jennifer uh, Sampson says the. Uh, the left is running, the left running in Fairbanks are super libs this year. Uh, I mean, I would not doubt it. Look at what's going down in the Kenai. All I had to do is read the flyer on the Kenai Peninsula borough and realize, oof, man, there's some, there's some left wing people down here for sure. Uh, and if you don't take control of your school system, you, you best, you best pay attention or expect to get what you get at this point. All right. Um, <laughs> Just vote the editorials. Read the editorials in the paper and vote the opposite, says Jim. Well, they don't. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free, thick, and radio. Like and share, like and follow. Let's get to it. Here we go. Public
0: Enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public Enemy number one, which makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh,
4: Michael Duke show. What? Never. Only my wife says I'm a pain in something, but I don't know what she means by that. I'm a perfect angel. Welcome back to the program. It is The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. This morning, we've got a chance to talk to David Boyle, a name you probably recognize if you've been following uh, education issues here in the state of Alaska for the last, well, I don't know, 20 years or so. Uh, but we're going to talk to him about education, though, but we're going to do that in the next segment. In this segment. Uh, David uh, wanted to come on and talk a little bit about uh, the COVID alliance and a big get together that they're having here in October. David, let me just first say that I um, I I'm over COVID. OK, I just I at this point, I just don't I know there's talk about a new variant and maybe new mask mandates and all this. And I'm just going to say you tell you right now. I'm not complying with any of it. Yeah, exactly. Put that thing over your face. I am not complying with any of it uh, because, uh, you know, we already went through all the fear. We we already went through the whole thing. I've done it all. They've shut down the businesses. We've paid the price. We've had the pain and seen that it really hasn't made much of a difference. And, you know, because we all got COVID at one point or another anyway, it seems like. And like I said before, it's no longer a pandemic. It's endemic. It's going to be not just cold and flu season, it's going to be cold flu and COVID season moving forward with a new variant every year. We just can't shut everything down. So that's my, look, coming start coming into this conversation. That's my point of view, just so you know. So tell me about what's going on here. What is the COVID alliance? What are you trying to achieve? What's going on?
3: Well, Michael, Michael, I hear what you're saying. And that that is a big problem today because people have kind of gotten over it. However, the government hasn't gotten over it. You know especially the federal government and when they start putting out mandates on vaccines you know the new booster just got approved by the fda uh a booster for the covid that's only the strain is only three percent in the environment today so they're way behind the power curve and they've approved that for kids six months people six months and older, even for infants. But you know, we, we know people that have lost uh, friends and relatives to COVID in the last round. Um, as you know, <clears throat> excuse me, many kids f- fell way behind uh, because their schools were shut down for, you know, God knows for whatever reason, the kids were masked, so they, their learning was actually stymied. And these children, I call them the lost generation. Some of them, many of them will never catch up and they're probably going to be high school dropouts. <clears throat> so what are you going to do when the, when the federal government says, if you want to fly on an airplane, you're going to have to wear a mask. And you're going to have to be tested before you get on the airplane. And I foresee that coming because we have an election year next year. And that's what it was all about back in 2020, as we all know. Um, so there's a lot of questions that are going to be answered. The Alaska COVID Alliance is sponsoring a, a tremendous, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, i get got I got that dang cold, Uh, an event on October 13th and 14th at the Mountain City Church, which was the old, uh, called the the Anchorage Mm -hmm. Baptist Temple. And it's gonna be on Friday night. We're gonna have Dr. Peter McCullough talk about COVID injuries, particularly myocarditis and treatment for the spike protein injuries. And here's why you should be concerned about that. This, the mRNA, was genetically engineered by people like dr robert malone and others and the thing about that artificial spike protein in your body your body cannot get rid of it so it will always be in your body so he's going to and i don't know it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with with the populations in, in in the country i think within three to five years there's going to be a lot of Uh, bad adverse reactions to the uh, spike proteins from uh, the mRNA vaccine.
4: Well, I mean, there's already, uh, I mean, you mentioned myocarditis. I mean, that has been one of the biggest adverse reactions is that men in their early 20s have had a significant, I mean, like a double-digit spike in myocarditis. People who are perfectly healthy, who were athletes, who were, you know, playing in college sports and doing everything else, Uh, these young men with no previous history of anything all of a sudden developed myocarditis and other heart problems uh, shortly after receiving the vaccine. and And – you know, I mean, I'm not saying that co- correlation causation is always the same, but when you see a number jump like that, and the only commonality between them is the is the uh, vaccine, that's a that's a real that's a real issue. I mean, there's there's been a lot of things. People have uh, you know autoimmune. I have a friend that got the vaccine and had a triggered autoimmune event, and she's fighting for her life right now. Uh, she, you know, she could have amputation on her legs because she's got a she's got an autoimmune response. It's just eating her her flesh up. It's a bad deal. And it was never a problem before. And all of a sudden, now it comes out.
3: We've had a lot of adverse reactions to both uh, COVID and to the vaccine. And uh, let me tell you a personal story. My my nephew's son, who's in the he's 32 years old, He's in the Air Force and he was a training instructor uh, at Lackland Air Force Base for basic trainees for four years. He was told that he had to get the vaccine and he got the Moderna. And he, then he got the second shot. Well, he's 32 years old. He's buff. He looks like he just came out of Gold's Gym. This year, he had a heart attack. Rushed to the hospital, emergency room, diagnosed him with a heart attack. And uh, by the way, he's had those two Moderna shots and he's had. COVID four times. So now he was on light duty for about six months. And um, when he got evaluated by the cardiologist at the base hospital, they told him, this is in Florida, they told him, "Oh, and it was neither COVID nor the vaccine that caused your heart problems. Well, interestingly enough, just last week, he has myocarditis and pericarditis. Last week, he went in to see another cardiologist and the cardiologist said the vaccine caused your myocarditis and pericarditis, and it was put into his records. Right. I immediately told him, please get a copy of that record before it's scrubbed from your records. So, <laughs> yeah. it, it,
4: you know, all the, you see all these athletes falling down on the field and dying. Yeah, it's a it's a frustrating thing for sure. So, what else are we going to learn here at the at the Alaska COVID Alliance meeting? What what are what what is obviously COVID is going to be the topic, but uh, you know, give us the background of some of these speakers and and the things that they're going to be talking about. Well,
3: we have Doctor. Merrill Nass, uh, who's going to speak on the World Health Organization and its overreach and taking over of a uh, uh, you know sovereignty of different countries. Um, Sheeb actually is a tremendous story. Hey, excuse me she's uh, an internal medicine doctor in the state of Maine she has been fighting the state medical board there for 2 years they have suspended her license they've told her that she needs to go into uh, drug and alcohol rehab
1: evaluation.
3: evaluation and have a psychiatric evaluation and she you know she's a member of the children's health uh, defense which is uh, organized or run by uh, RFK Jr. So she's going to be, she was there last two years ago. She's going to be tremendous. And we also have some Dr. Stuart Tankersley, who's from Alabama. He actually runs an organization uh, in Alabama uh, that uh, supports alternative treatments for uh, uh, COVID, including ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Then a a little bit of variety. We have Michael Ashley, who's written over 50 books. Excuse me again, 50 books. And uh, he's going to talk about techno fascism. And we all know it's here, but we can change that story and fight back. And that has to do with um, uh, the social media being controlled by the federal government.
4: Right. Which the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, by the way, just came in and spanked the government over because uh, the of all the information that's out there. They just came out and confirmed that that's going on. Right. And then we have the uh, Dr. going, our own doctor from
3: Alaska. She's treated over 2,000 patients now with COVID, and I think she's only lost one. But now she's going to talk about long COVID, which I understand she has said she has long COVID as well, and uh, talk about how it can be uh, remediated, and talk about uh, all other COVID injuries and treatments. Um, Dr. Jordan Vaughn is another doctor from Alabama, and, and he's going to be talking about long COVID and blood clots. Now, a lot of the patients, they've seen these tremendously long, sticky blood clots since uh, they've had the vaccine, not just COVID, but the vaccine. And finally, we have uh, James Taylor, who's the president of the Heartland Institute. Some people may know about him. And his topic is going to be COVID policies, a trial run for future government control. Um, So we're kind of got a little bit of variety there, a lot of medical people, but we also have two other speakers talking uh, about uh, the government and uh, how it's going to control us in the future, particularly with healthcare.
4: And where's again, so this is going to be taking place. uh, What date, David, uh, what date and time? And is there a website or something that people can go and read up on what's going to be talked about to see if they want to attend? Well, I'm glad
3: you asked, Michael. Yes, it's October 13th and 14th. Uh, Dr. McCullough was speaking on Friday night, October 13th, and then we have an all day event on October 14th. The package, it's cost $100 for the entire package, including lunch on Saturday. And if people want to purchase tickets or for more information, go to AlaskaCovidAlliance.com. And there's a tab at the top that'll talk about uh, the uh, com- the event in October. Just click on that tab and they can uh, be able to purchase tickets and we welcome everybody from both sides of the aisle. We welcome the healthcare community and we mostly want patients to come right and find out what's going to happen in the future and how to remediate uh, some of the problems they're having with the COVID vaccines.
4: Alaskacovidalliance.com October 13th and 14th uh evening and daytime Friday night and Saturday Uh, It'll be some good information Now, I mean, just let me say If you want to get the booster If you want to get the I'm fine Uh, You know, more power to you Again, uh, what's, you know The whole thing for me has always been The the unknown consequences The unknown side effects of using a lot of these things And I think a lot of the data has shown um, That that was the right call For many of us who did it And as you pointed out, you know there have been people who've gotten the shot and multiple boosters, and still, uh, I have a friend that, that again, just last week was down horribly with COVID for three or four days, and she's on her third or fourth booster at this point. So, it does happen. We're all going to get it. Um, I think that uh, it, it is a dangerous disease. There's no doubt about it. But we need to be well informed as uh, – as as much as we can. So if you want to get it, great. But if you want uh, if you want more information, uh, maybe get some alternative points of view. This is the place to go: alaskacovidalliance.com. dot Any final thoughts on this, David? Before we go to break,
3: uh, one final thought: You know, as as we've we've seen in the past that uh, the government has um, collaborated with social media, uh, the technocrats, and they use fear to control people, as you well know. It's not so much about the vaccine, but it's about the fear of getting COVID, et cetera. And we need to really inform people about the, uh, the options. You know, like I got COVID last year. I have this year. I got COVID last year. I took my ivermectin. The next day, I was fine. And, you know, so the government has now come out with an emergency authorization for the new COVID they call it booster shot. And as I said, the, 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 the that booster shot only works on 3% of the strain that's out there now. So people do not get your boosters. That's my personal opinion.
4: Yeah, no, I and mean, please look, come to the event. Yeah. There's uh there's lots of information out there and yeah, some people have been fine. Some people have not been fine. You just don't want to, I don't feel like playing Russian roulette with my body for the rest of my life kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like I don't want to really spin the cylinder and, pointed at my head and hope that it's okay um all right we're going to continue here uh the michael duke show common sense liberty based free thinking radio david boyle is our guest up next we're going to talk more about education david's got an article in must Read alaska about the importance specifically in fairbanks this time although i know he's watching all the school board races from around the state we'll be back with more of the michael duke show common sense radio
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. (laughs) Ha, nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
4: Okay, we're in the break right now. David Boyle is our guest. Uh, We're about to, uh, there we go. Uh, There we go. Uh, We're going to talk with David here in just a moment again about uh, the uh, school board uh, elections going on in Fairbanks specifically, but around the state as well. We'll be talking about that. And, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you feel comfortable getting the the shot, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. What I have a problem with is when you are forced to to do it through circumstance for your job or for, you know, whatever. I mean, that's just, it's, you know, it's not right because there are verifiable side effects for certain people and it's, it's, it's problematic. Let's just put it that way. Problematic. Uh, and that, and that's and there are, you know, and there are other alternatives. Like I said, everybody that I know has pretty much gotten COVID at this point, at least once I had it once. um, and um it's you know yeah it's scary they they did a lot there was a lot of a lot of fear porn being peddled there in the early days on that thing we had a lot of stuff going on um anyway we're going to uh we're going to continue uh that discussion i'm sure at a later date but right now we're going to move over to education and uh we'll be talking about uh Uh, Talking about the school boards and things like that. David, are you, I know this article is specifically talking about, let me post this article up in the chat room, first of all, for folks to uh, follow along with. Um, I know that uh, you're talking specifically about Fairbanks. Have you been following, are you following kind of all the races in the state or what are you, what are you doing here?
3: uh no, I, I'm just right now I'm just doing the Fairbanks one, but I did have some a little bit of information this morning that uh, the the same thing is happening in the uh, the Matsu School Board as well. The leftists they're kind of running I call them great pretenders, uh, not being who they really are, but you know, and they're being supported by the uh, the, the NEA Teachers Union as well. so uh, they they want to take over every school district in the state. Uh, they've done it in Anchorage, uh, they've done it in Juneau. Um, this is going to be a really close race I do believe uh in uh, Fairbanks because uh Fairbanks right now is kind of split there's like it's like 3 to 3 and then yeah. the president of the school board actually uh, is kind of the swing vote at this time.
4: Right, right. No, it's Fairbanks is pretty much purple right now in most things. I mean they've got a balance on the assembly of Five to four on the conservative side, which is a first. It hasn't been that way for a while. Uh, they got that about two years ago. They ended up with that. So uh, I think it's it's kind of a, a mixture in there. And of course, you know, if they take over the. the yeah, you just mentioned the Matsu. We had a question last week from somebody who was asking about a specific candidate, and I don't remember their name right off the top of my head. But they said, "Yeah, this candidate told me that they're their conservative choice." And then I found out that they are a past president of the NEA, and they are this and that. So they're <laughs> saying, so they, so they're you know again, it's the it's the 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 deceptive practices of saying, "Oh no, I'm your conservative choice." Um, it's it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy what's going on.
3: Yeah, Michael. And regarding Fairbanks being purple, I think you could really turn it red if you just close the university of Alaska up there. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's <laughs> going to happen. But I mean, I mean, I, I, that,
4: that is where much of that, uh, that's that is where much of that progressive thought is coming from, from that area and that side of town. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, if it's a balance, I'm okay with it. It's when it's, uh, it's when we were overwhelmed. I mean, when I left the assembly, uh, back in 2014 now, 2013, 2014, um, I mean, we had gone from being fairly balanced to basically when I left, that left Lance Roberts on the assembly as the only conservative voice on the entire assembly uh, out of nine people. It was definitely a tough, definitely a tough situation. So... Uh, uh, you know, it, hopefully people are paying closer attention to what's going on and they're going to get out there and vote. They need to. They need to get out there and vote. They need to be informed and not just be calling you or me or whoever to get their information on Election Day. They should do a little bit of due diligence on that and figure out who the candidates are that they want to support ahead of time. Yep. All right. Um <clears throat> To turn Fairbanks red by devastating the Fairbanks economy. That's never going to happen, Harold. If, if you don't understand what hyperbole is, then I guess that uh, you know, yeah, doesn't doesn't understand what that, You know, that's a huge. It's a huge chunk of the economy. There, we know that it's. Uh, it it was again. It was a joke, Harold. It's one of those things you have to figure that out. More Folgers is in order, apparently. All right. Um, Let's see. We're about 40 seconds out and ready to to get things going. Folks, if you would like to uh, do me a favor and share the show, that would be amazing if you would share the show. Also, don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube um that way you can get notifications when we go live and we could put it'd be nice to put some more folks on the youtube channel as well youtube has got a little bit of a different interface some of the listeners have been going to youtube now because of problems with facebook and you know whether they got banned or whether they just don't like the way that the uh that the chat interface works or anything else so if you go over to youtube you can subscribe and ring the bell there you'll get notifications when we go live every morning and you could participate over there. Let's get back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm, I'm fine.
4: Okay, continuing now, David Boyle is our guest. Uh, We're going to uh, continue to talk with him. We just finished up talking about the whole COVID alliance thing. But David, as I mentioned earlier, is a well-known name in circles of people who follow and and advocate for education uh, and for good education, education policy and change that makes sense. Uh, And uh, he's written an article in Must Read Alaska Talking about specifically the Fairbanks school board and the attempt uh, to take over in that regard. Now, David, I've I've talked specifically about this uh, for a while that, you know, if you want to capture a generation, then you, 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 you change the schools to be what you want them to be. And the one race that we don't seem to be paying attention to in many cases um, across the state is really that lowest, you know, I think they consider it the lowest public office, the lowest, you know, is that school board, but it is important. So tell us what's going on is uh, tell us what's going on in uh, Fairbanks with the uh, school board and, and the potential candidates that are there.
3: Well, today's school board in, in uh, Fairbanks is, is pretty much <clears throat> a swing school board. There are like three, on the left and let's let's say three on the right and then uh the one member also is is the swing vote usually and from what i've seen before it's usually the president of the school board that uh is the swing vote uh but on october 3rd there's a big school board election coming up and we have three leftist candidates running i mean really leftist candidates running against uh, three moderate to conservative candidates the leftist candidates are bobby burgess Meredith Maple and Tim Duran. Tim Duran is currently on the board. He's not. He's 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 probably center left. Let's say. However, he's owned pretty much by the teachers union. He was a print, uh, teacher and a principal f- for years in the Fairbanks uh, North Star Borough School District. So we know where he uh, his support comes from. Teachers union, and he probably wants more and more money. That's the solution to everything. Um, The moderate and conservative candidates, April Smith and Maggie Matheson are are the incumbents. And then we have a new person, Michael Humphrey running as well. Usually if you follow the money in these races, any of these races, you'll find out uh, where these people's uh, values and principles come from. And very interesting, the leftist candidates in the Fairbanks uh, school board election have outraised the other candidates almost by a two to one margin and a lot of that money guess where it's coming from it's coming from outside alaska
4: and it's oh wait 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 david i thought that i thought that ballot measure number two was going to take care of <laughs> dark money i thought it was going to take care of all that <laughs> stuff right
3: no the money's getting even darker michael as a result uh, the the left is so much smarter and more uh, nimble in doing what they do, you know they use the uh, yeah they use a ballot measure too and uh, oh gosh um, I can't remember the Supreme Court case right now but uh, they're very nimble and they, they know how to use uh, let's say court decisions to the best of their ability but anyway there's a group which I had I hadn't been paying much attention to because I just don't like the APOC webpage it's hard to find stuff uh, it's better than it used to be but it's still difficult. There's a group, a group called Putting Alaskans First Committee, and it's it's totally union, government union, and some of the labor unions as well. Uh, the NEA belongs to it. The American Federation of Teachers belongs to it. Um, matter of fact, the group that uh, just gave money to uh, fund the leftist candidates in Fairbanks is the Alaska State Employees Association, Local 52, the Political Action Committee, and you know, they've given uh, almost $2,000 to each one of the leftist candidates, Maple, Burgess, and Duran. Uh, meanwhile, the, 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 the conservative or moderate candidates are falling way behind, and money makes a big difference when it comes to things like this. Uh, yeah, they've got people, they've got their union army out there knocking on doors in Fairbanks, uh, and that's a huge uh, plus for them. But most of the money, as I said, for putting Alaskans first committee comes from outside Alaska. And here's a quote from the website where it says a majority of the contributions came from outside the state of Alaska. We have we have money coming from Washington, D.C. Right. Well, and I think United.
4: I think it's important to read this thing. Top three contributors to the Putting Alaska's First Committee, top three contributors are Unite America PAC of Denver, Colorado, Le- Lunia Political Fund of Washington, D.C., and NEA Advocacy Fund of Washington, D.C. Uh, a majority of contributions to Putting Alaska's First Committee came from outside the state of Alaska. That That's required by law, that, that disclaimer. But it just shows, again, $20,000 dollars or more being put through uh, from these outside political, I mean, this is a school board race in Fairbanks, Alaska. Why would organizations in DC uh, and Colorado and other places want to affect what's going on there? What's what's at stake here?
3: Well, there's a lot of it at stake because the indoctrination of our youth for one thing, and this is not just happening in, let's say Fairbanks, Alaska and the rest of the uh, school districts in Alaska. This is a nationwide effort to control what's happening in the future, I really fear for this country. You know, we we've seen the young kids are out. You know, Antifa, et cetera, and the demonstrators, uh, the radical environmentalist environmentalists, which is the brand new religion today. Uh, they've indoctrinated the, the children in this, and boy, it's it's tough to turn them around uh, against. for example, fossil fuels, because they all have been indoctrinated and in. in environmentalism and and clean energy. So once these kids get out into the workforce and and start voting, we're going to be overwhelmed by let's say socialist and marxist type of philosophy. So this is what this is what the left does. They're really good at what they do. They start with the young. And you know, we conservatives and let's say the Republican Party for what it's worth, we don't do that. And then we wonder what happened. So School board elections are, to me, more important than local assembly elections because that's the future voters and they're the ones that are gonna control uh, the state and the country as a whole. But so we have these three candidates, the leftist, I call them candidates, Burgess, Marath, and Duran, being funded by these outside interests. And like I said, it's not just happening in Fairbanks, it's happening throughout the entire nation. So these, these uh, leftist candidates, they're not even saying who they are they're running a pretender campaign if you go to their if you go to their web pages it says nothing it's like motherhood and apple pie right they, the only the only thing they have in common is the solution to the problems with K12 education is more funding so right. we know they're pretty closely allied with uh, the NEA And some of our, uh, let's say, state legislators. Well,
4: because that fits into the narrative, right? I mean, that's the narrative right now that, uh, you know, we're oh, we're being flat funded. That's a favorite. That's a favorite uh, talking point. We're being flat funded. We're doing this. We're doing that. It's always the only answer, of course, is more money, even though if you analytically look at what's been going on in the school system, you could see that it's not producing a good product. We just, again, talked last week about. Um, You know, the number of students that have to go in for remedial math and other things to be able to to even attend college, to be able to get even into a hundred level class. They have to, you know, spend thousands of dollars with tutors to get these kids up to speed. And yet their answer is, well, we just need more money for what's going on. We've had ever increasing amounts of more money poured into the system, and it's still delivering substandard stuff. I mean, what how is this going to fix it? Well,
3: money, whenever you get, start funding in a bureaucracy with more money, what happens is you get more waste and inefficiencies because they use it to build up the the administration and the bureaucracies and they just throw money at things that uh, that don't affect uh, the student uh, outcomes and academics. Um, Excuse me again. Now, we have Mr. Burgess, Bobby Burgess, running against April Smith, Mr. Burgess being the leftist. <clears throat> he he showed up at the last school board meeting on September 5th in, in Fairbanks wearing a mask. Now, if he's wearing a mask right now and he's on a school board, do you think he's going to mandate masking for kids next year? Hey, I, I, I'll put money on it that he is. Uh, and then... The uh, excuse me again, all you have to do if you want to figure out who to vote for, look at what who the teachers union endorses. They've endorsed Burgess, Duran, and Maple. That's not in the best interest of Fairbanks citizens and Fairbanks children, because all they're going to do is say, hey, we want more equity and inclusion, and we want more funding. And by the way, those three leftist candidates support diversity, equity, and inclusion and gender identity. The, the other, another, uh, individual running Meredith Maple, uh, is running against Maggie Matheson, the incumbent. It's very interesting. She's married to a, a person called Kel Gitter who just happened to be a female in 2013. And I found a quote from the Fairbanks daily news in 2013 that says, and, and by the way, Meredith Maple does not say, disclose this on her on her webpage. She, she calls Kelly, Gitter, her husband. So here's a quote from the Fairbanks Daily News of 2013. Kelly Gitter's shoelaces were frozen and her socks were wet after she played for the first time in the Spring Fest rugby tournament on Saturday. So having transitioned to a male, end quote, having transitioned to a male, Gitter and her, his wife, Maple, are raising their adopted child. So, so, you know, why not disclose that? Right. Are you trying to hide it?
4: Well, because there'll, be, right. there'll be a whole thing about gender equity and trans kids and everything else in there. That'll be another. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's why they don't, trans, they don't disclose it because they know it'll cause a fervor. Maybe they can sneak it in under the radar.
3: And if, if, and if Meredith Maples on the school board, guess what? She's going to support hiding gender ID, pronoun usage and transgender from parents which by the way, my way of feeling is against against federal law. But um, one of the statements on our webpage t- should tell voters everything they need to know. Quote, pre-K programming not only prepares students for kindergarten, but also improves their lives permanently. I have a real problem with that word programming. Right. And she believes it's the responsibility of the teachers to program children, not the parents. So,
4: you know, uh, parents, you need to take a back seat if you want to vote for Meredith Maple. All right, Dave, um, uh, we got to wrap things up here. The three candidates that should be supported, in your opinion, uh, the three candidates, uh, Michael Humphrey, April Smith and Maggie Matheson.
3: Uh, that's that's correct. And if if you want to uh, hold the school board accountable and you, you want to be fiscal responsible, and you want to focus on academics and how t- teaching children how to read versus gender id transgender diversity equity inclusion i personally if i live in fairbanks would vote for humphrey smith and Matt- maggie matheson
4: all right uh, are you gonna are you gonna be looking at the other uh, areas before the election dave or what are, what are we doing here yeah. well
3: i'm going to work on the mat soon next uh, michael and um I, I, you know it's really really tough sometimes to find out information um, so, if anybody listening uh, has information on the Matsu, please either message me or, or give me a call at 907 444 4970. I appreciate any tips.
4: All right, uh, David Boyle, thank you so much for coming on board and being part of it today. We appreciate you uh, coming in. Enjoy your time down there in Colorado. I hope you start feeling better. Uh, we look forward to. Thank you-, you very much, Michael, and thanks for what you do on your show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Look forward to you coming back uh, here later and talking with us again. Uh, David Boyle, our Thank guest, you. the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. More ahead in just a moment. you wonder why they uh you wonder why they uh uh you know hide that stuff like well, no surprise why they're gonna hide uh, the fact that uh you know they're married to a that a woman is her husband or whatever. I mean, you know it, of course you're gonna hide that stuff. Of course you're gonna of course you're gonna pull that pull the pull. you don't want people you know because maybe you'll maybe you'll pull a few more people if they don't know that this is all part and parcel of that whole thing right now. Of course you you wouldn't know that that would make sense um all right I gotta do the top of the hour refresh here so you guys are gonna uh, uh, you guys are gonna lose me here on the feed for just a second as I refresh the uh, the browser and uh, we'll continue on coming up here in just a moment we're gonna open up the phone lines and we're going to continue to talk about uh, uh, some of the educational issues and more that's all coming. Uh, directly ahead here, uh, jumping back into the uh, jumping back into the studio and there you go. Uh, what's going on? Uh, he's visiting Colorado, Harold, for uh, apparently, you know, pay attention. pay attention, my son. He's visiting Colorado. He lives here in Anchorage. So he lives down in, in Anchorage. so but you know you make your own assumptions. You are free to do that. make it all work. Um, all right, um, bureaucracy now says Brian, Bureaucracy now um uh, all right, let's see uh let's see um people you know, saying if you we should have teachers and principals on the school board. Uh, and GD says I don't think people from the echo chamber are good candidates. I would agree with that they also have a vested interest there's a in many ways a direct conflict of interest there because they are they're they're directing the policies that they themselves would have to live under. I think it's a conflict of interest quite honestly um but uh, again that's just my humble opinion um let's see um. Dark. <laughs> Willie says dark money. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good stuff. All right. Um, okay, I think we're all caught up. Um, um, I have a couple of neighbors who reliably vote for the parties' approved candidates. So when I in doubt, I vote the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, somebody said, "Just look at the who's that?" I think Jim just said, "Look at the look at the editorials in the News minor and do the opposite." I mean, you're not wrong as far as uh, as far as a, uh, a pretty surefire way to know that you're going to be voting for you know the right side of an issue is if you're looking at the editorial boards from the uh, News Miner for the ADN and doing the opposite. You're probably doing the right thing. You're probably okay, but that's no excuse. You should be, in fact, you should be, in fact getting the lowdown and the scoop and getting the information on all the various uh, candidates and doing your own due diligence on it. Like I said, I don't mind answering those and fielding those phone calls on election day. Uh, I mean, you know, what did Brian say earlier? Something like, no, no, no. Call me when you're in the voting booth and I'll tell you who to vote for. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes you feel a little bit like that. But, uh, you know, I I don't mind fielding those questions, but sometimes I wish people would take a little more responsibility in finding the information that, again, don't, if you want to call me, if you have my phone number, if you want to call me and ask me who to vote for, I'll do my best to have the information for you. But, uh, you know, do your own due diligence. Again, a reminder for you guys out on the KPB. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna mail voter pamphlets to you. You guys either have to go down to the uh, the city hall or wherever and get it yourself or you have to go on to the website and um, and download it and look for the look for the look for it yourself. So there you go. Jennifer says in Fairbanks she says call me in Fairbanks. She says call me. She'll tell you who to vote for. She'll tell you who to vote for. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go.
0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world
4: Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com And across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station And or FM translator Good morning, it's Monday um, If you couldn't tell at the end of the, I apologize um, I'm working on about three and a half hours sleep today And uh, I looked away from the clock for just a minute And I accidentally let the uh, let the guest run over the last hour um And so we had an abrupt go to commercial, and I apologize. That's unprofessional of me. I shouldn't have done that, but I, I'm i sorry. I looked away and looked back up, and I was like, wow, that was a fast two and a half minutes. So anyway, I apologize for that. We're back, though, uh, continuing our discussions uh, for whatever we want to talk about here an hour two. We just talked to David Boyle about— uh, schools and school boards, and how important it is to uh, to pay attention to what's going on there. And as I was just telling the chat room uh, here during the top of the hour break, it's up to you. Um, you have no room to complain and gripe and 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 whine if you don't get educated on who is up for election in your jurisdiction. Uh, remember. Uh, the third of October for the peninsula, for the valley, for the interior, is going to be the big municipal election, and that's the time to really pay attention. And down specifically, down in the uh, specifically down on the peninsula, um, the voter pamphlets, which are normally historically have been mailed out to all registered voters, are not being mailed this year. They are instead um they're uh only available for either pickup at the city halls the borough building city hall or you can go online and view the PDF of it online which is what I did I went through and read uh, about some of the candidates just because I was curious as to what the candidates would say in their statement and to see if I could uh pull information out and uh, see if I could uh uh You know, read between the lines, so to speak, to see which candidate has been, uh, uh, you know, which candidate is which, which candidate is more liberal, which candidate is more conservative. And I think for the most part, you can read between the lines and see those things. But, yeah, it's going to be a very, very busy season. And you can do more good by affecting what's going on in your local community uh, than you ever could at the national level. So, I mean, I'm not paying attention to the... I'm not paying attention to the impeachment or the 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 trials or the 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 grand jury indictments or I mean, I you know, those things happen and I see them in the background. But I am definitely not focusing on any of that. I'm focusing on what is going on in our local community. And yeah, in Fairbanks, early voting starts today. I don't know about the Matsu. I don't know about the Kenai Peninsula borough, but uh, early voting should start soon. And again, Election Day on October the 3rd. So I hope you guys are all all paying attention and getting all the knowledge that you can to make all this work. All right. So uh, the second half of the hour, I was going to have a guest um, uh, that was going to be joining me, but they got called away. So unable to do it, we'll be talking about the uh, n- the creation of a new federal Digital currency. Uh, there's a move afoot to be part of that and to and to play into that market. And uh, I was going to have a guest come on to talk with us about it, and they got called away. So hopefully next week or two we'll be able to have them back on and to talk about the creation of this currency, the pros, the cons, what's going on, what's happening with it. And so we will uh, we'll be paying close attention to that. Look forward to that tomorrow on the program. Uh, it's going to be Brad Keithley. Chris Story is going to have to be moved to Wednesday, and uh, we'll see we'll see where we go. We'll see where we go from here. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna be shuffling some people around. Uh, Nick Baggett is going to be joining us on Thursday, and so we've already got some of the guests lined up for this week, and we'll have more uh, as we get uh, closer to it. But that's uh, that's what's going on. But today it's open line, open forum, and headlines. So anything that you want to talk about uh, that is, if you want to talk about education, if you wanted to talk about, we talked a little bit about the COVID alliance thing in the beginning, you want to talk about that. Um, Anything else that's come up this over the weekend or something that's just, you have this burning issue in your heart, you may want to see a doctor about that. Uh, You can give us a call right now at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I'd love to hear from you. Just give us a shout, and we will uh, we'll talk with you and see what you guys have to say um, about any topic. So any topic today, absolutely wide open, uh, from politics to religion to movies, the three things you're not supposed to talk about. No, wait, that last one is supposed to be something else. But <laughs> whatever you want to talk about, we can, uh, we can chat about it right now. Again, 907-433-3150. Uh, or send me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com. M-E at MichaelDukeshow.com. I'd love to hear, love to hear what you guys have to say. Just d- smile and dial, will you? Just smile and dial, and we will uh, we'll chit-chat with you this morning about whatever. Um, I got this GoFundMe request um that I wanted to make an announcement about. Um Abby Hatfield is organizing a GoFundMe event for James Burks, whose family is coordinating with the Minto VPSO's office in an effort to find James after his boat was found capsized in the mouth of the Tolavana River on Tuesday, last Tuesday. So they found the boat, but they didn't find James. And so they're asking to help uh, funding the search effort. They're doing a search and rescue and so they're looking for a little bit of uh, help with that. Um, I've got a, uh, I've got a GoFundMe link which I'm going to go ahead and post up in the chat room, uh, so that folks, if you want to, if you feel so inclined to donate for local people, uh, now is the time to now is the time to do it. I'll post that link up in the chat room, uh, so you can go out there and look at, or you can just Google go to GoFundMe and look for support the Burke family. B-U-R-K, support the Burke family. Um, I can't imagine anything worse than not knowing the fate of your loved one. Um, and so hopefully um, they can raise uh, raise enough money to uh, put together a search and rescue team to go out and see if they can find him out there uh, on the thing. So anyway, I posted it up. The link's in the chat room. Uh, it was on my heart when I read it this morning. Um, and so I thought I would throw that out there. Okay, Uh, headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? Well, uh, I do. Here you go. Um, The annual boost to the bank account is just around the corner. That would be the first PFD. The first payments are going to be coming out in just a little over two weeks. Two weeks. The first PFD payments will be deposited on October the 5th, Thursday the 5th. Unlike the 2022 payment, which had that untaxable tax, uh, untaxable energy rebate, the entirety of the 2023 PFD is going to be taxable income. So you're going to make sure you're going to get a 1099 MISC from the uh, from the state when you do that. Uh, The Alaska uh, legislature approved a state budget on the first day of the May special session that allows for a uh, permanent fund dividend payment of thirteen hundred dollars, the the division has not announced any alterations or anything else, so 1,300, as of right now, is the magic number that you'll see in two weeks. Uh, if you had filled out your electronic application, including all your banking information and your direct deposit by, was it March 31st, I think, then and have been approved, uh, then you should be good to go. Um, they, you need to have requested the direct deposit and need to have applications with the status eligible, not paid on their my Alaska account by September 21st, which is just in a couple days away. So if you haven't checked your My Alaska account, you might want to do that. Uh, and so they will receive your direct deposit on October 5th. Those of you who did not, did not jump into the direct deposit bandwagon. First, my first question is why not? Uh, I mean, why, you know. But if you want to get that check, Randy, if you want to get that check, it's going to be mailed out a couple weeks later. They'll be distributed on October twenty sixth, along with any payments from twenty twenty two that have not been issues, Uh, that not been issued. Rather, Um, a provision in the budget, if you remember, calls for an additional payment in twenty twenty four if the uh, oil produced in Alaska's exceed the projected value of seventy three dollars per barrel. Now, if that occurs the revenue split uh, will be split 50-50 with the state and eligible pfd recipients uh with a payment capped at about $500 and looking pretty good so far the daily value of uh, barrel has dipped below the $73 threshold only 8 times this year and so if if uh if if it goes if they exceed that projected value of $73 we could uh we could get an additional $500 but that would not come until next year. So just that that's that sliding scale that Bert Stedman that magnificent walrus he uh, he put in there to to appease everybody who was like the 75 25 is wrong. Well fine. And of course I don't think he expected I don't think he expected it to continue to run the way it has, but it'll be fine. So maybe we'll get another $500 per person next year. We just never know at this point, but we'll be, we'll be watching it and, uh, and paying attention. Okay. Um, We got more coming up. Uh, I see Ben Carpenter in the, There's a mosquito in the chat. How in the world did a mosquito get in here in the studio? I I mean, I thought they were all dead. Um, All right, we got more coming up. I see Ben Carpenter's in the chat room, and uh, we'll uh, see what he has to say here uh, in the chat room here in a second and talk about some other things as well. We have got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. We'll be back in just a moment don't forget you can come out and join us on facebook if you'd like or any of the other rooms but facebook's pretty easy facebook.com michael dukes show live come on out and be part of it with us we'll be back with more right after this So, what guns are people going to buy? That's what that's what Bryant said. I'm not buying any guns. Evil, evil guns. I'm not going to do that. Representative Carpenter says replace incumbent KPBSD school board members. Current members are most responsible for the current state of our schools. Change won't happen without new thinking. I agree with that. I mean, feel free, by the way, Ben, to call in if you want to uh, if you want to give your thoughts on how that's. Cra- I mean, how the crafting of the of the, of the uh, policy by the school board has affected education today. I, I think, again, I think a lot of people just not paying attention to it. I mean, again, the school boards are the lowest the lowest office in the state. They're an afterthought. I can't even think about it. They're like, oh, who was I voting for? I don't know. Half the time it's a guess, I think, for some people. They're just picking either the incumbent because they're in there or uh, they're picking a name, you know, at random. They got a 50-50 chance of you know get it. We'll just pick a name at random. I think that's the way it is a lot of times. You know, uh, I think that's I think that's how it goes. Um uh, buy your ivermectin before the next run, says Jim. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm not worried about it. You know, I take my vitamin D, I take my zinc, I take my uh, my vitamin C. I take all the you know, all the vitamins that I'm supposed to and everything else. I got COVID. And I was sick, deathly sick, not deathly, but I was felt really crappy for a day, day and a half. And uh, I was back. I, and in fact, I never even i never even took time off work. I literally worked from home the day. Uh, for, I worked from home for two days, and then I was back out at it not too long after. By the end of that week, it was all good. Uh, Jeremy says he's buying a new snowblower Are you buying a gas snowblower Or are you buying a battery powered snowblower That's my question That seems to be the new trick thing Everybody's like oh all these battery powered things And they work pretty slick I got a buddy that's got a a battery powered snowblower And he's pretty happy with it But uh, I mean are you going battery or gas You live off the grid So probably gas I would imagine But I mean I don't know You tell me See what's uh, see what's going on. Okay. Um, see, I'm looking back here at uh, anything else that you guys talked about that I missed. Uh, Sandy says, "Why aren't the state troopers actively searching for Jim Burke?" I don't know. I don't know. I just I saw that it came across my email feed. I want uh, folks to, uh, if they want to get a chance to go out and support it, they can. If not, I don't know the full details. Uh, I suppose you probably could go to the uh, GoFundMe page and they probably explain that. Vote Lindsay Bertoldo for KPBSB KPBSD uh, board member is what, uh, is what Chris said. And I see that Lindsay, that her husband is also running for assembly, right? So she's running for the school board. Her husband's running for assembly. Uh, they both sound like pretty conservative folks, based on their statements that they made in their thing. So that's it's good. Um, there you go. Um, <laughs> by, by a, wow. Jim Jim was a little salty about this. Buy battery operated gear. Keep the cobalt mines in Africa open. The new, chi- it's for the children. The new child slavery. <laughs> oh man! And I was right. Uh, Jeremy says he's going to get the new gas Toro snow snowblower. He doesn't have to change anything. So there you go. All right. Well, good. Well, there you go. Uh, Protection gun says Audrey. Protection gun yeah, I know that's that's what I need. I, that's all I have. That's all I have is protection guns. No murder guns for me. no killer guns. Just protection guns. Um uh, all right. well, we're coming up on the uh, next break uh, coming up from the next break and we're gonna open up the lines. I got some headlines, but if you guys again want to talk about anything, and Ben, if you want to call in and tell us how that works, the synergies between the legislature and the school boards, and I mean, I'd love to hear what you have what your thoughts are on that. Uh, 907-433-3150 907 3150 Let's get back to it Here we go Yeah Okay, we are back on this fun day, Monday. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still trying to wake up. Still trying to wake up. Uh, for those of you who you missed it, the, I, I, I don't know. I just laid in bed last night. Last time I looked at the clock, it was almost twelve thirty, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." It's ridiculous. The alarm's going to go off in th- 4 hours and I'm just uh I finally fall asleep and pff, the alarm wakes. It's just so rude. So rude. I do not want to adult today. Be the first to tell you. I'm I'm just definitely want Jeff definitely do not want to adult today. All right. Um we're continuing on. The phone lines are open. Uh if you would love to uh I mean I'd, if I would love you. I would love you. I would love you anyway. But if you feel like you'd like to call in and talk about anything, let's uh let's hit it. 907-433-3150 is the phone number you are welcome to join us in discussing and talking about all the things that you want to talk about today. We got some more stories uh, that are going on, and we will uh, just keep hitting those as we go through. Um, I saw this story um, that just it came up on the Alaska Beacon, and what really caught my attention, first of all, is the is the picture in the story. I know I'm easily entertained. Just give me the books with pictures. That's all I want. Just give me the books with pictures. But I I look at this. I, that's what originally caught my eye was the picture because the picture is of the Alaska state Officers building and um, in Juneau, I'm sorry, the Alaska state officers building in Juneau. And for those of you who haven't looked at this thing, it, it, it looks like something that would have been built in cold war era, Russia. I mean, this thing is, I mean, brutalism, Right. I mean, it just it it is just an ugly building. I'm sorry. That's just a personal sidebar has nothing to do with the commentary on the story or anything else. But I look at this picture and I'm just like, that is a ugly building. <laughs> it is so ugly. Uh, anyway, I'm going to post the I'm going to post the story up in the chat room so that we can talk about it here for just a second. Um, it uh Uh, Anyway, the story reads that uh, Alaska begins the process for examining workers' pay for competitiveness because the answer is always more money, right? That's what we need. We need more money. If we had more money for schools, if we had more money for employees, if we had more money in retirement, if we had all these things, that would fix our problems. And so they're – I guess they're going to put it to the test. They're – Got an RFP going out seeking a contractor to perform a comparison between state pay in Alaska, pay in the private sector, and pay amongst other government entities. We'll talk about some details in that here in just a second, but I see that we have a phone call. So let's start off over here and see what it's all about. Uh, Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
5: Hi, Michael. This is Linda Boyle, the uh, quiet half of the David Boyle, Linda Boyle combo
4: here oh, in Central, Colorado. How good are you doing morning, good morning, Linda. I'm doing good. What's on your mind? Uh, what's on your mind today?
5: So, what's on my mind truly is I am so passionate about this COVID alliance, uh, Alaska COVID alliance, and I'm, I hope that you've read some of my articles that I've written for Must Read Alaska concerning COVID and, and the vaccines what they call the vaccines, and where the country's going. One of my main concerns I have is the spike protein is something, unfortunately, when you get the shot, it's with you for the rest of your life. Uh, Both David and I took the first two shots. Uh, I'm a nurse by background. I believed what I read. I believed what I heard. I thought it was best for our family that we did that. Um, And so now I'm looking at what's the effect of that and what can I do about that in the future? There's some great people coming up to talk about that and also talk about how to handle long COVID. The other thing that's kind of scary to me is Dr. Nass is going to be talking about who? The World Health Organization, sorry. And you know, that particular group is looking at taking our sovereignty from us and telling each country in this world how to respond to pandemics and telling you when you're going to be put into um lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. And our government is looking at potentially joining in on that. So that's another thing that's kind of scary to me. And then you add to that the fact that I believe the COVID policies had helped them figure out how to control us in the future. And I'm very much afraid that that's what the country is going to be doing. So I do want people to come to the COVID Alliance meeting, and I appreciate your skepticism. I certainly understand that. I just thought I'd call and let you know what
4: I thought. Well, I mean, I you know the whole thing that I'm skeptical is is uh, you know is I don't oh. believe. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Hold hold. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm sorry about that, Linda. Um, I, I just look. I, here's what I'm skeptical of. I'm skeptical that uh, Americans will mm-hmm. stand for another round of lockdowns or shutdowns or mask mandates or everything especially after the latest you know the the latest scientific thing that came out that basically said masks did nothing and they even i mean that was even yeah. acknowledged by fauci yep. that mas- you know masks did very little and so i you know while i i i definitely would like to know more about what the the lasting impacts are of some of the vaccines and is, is there you know a problem there and everything else i don't buy into the theory that all these shutdowns are going to occur and they're going to try and control it. because I just don't think people will stand for it. I just think people are like, I'm over it. If I get COVID, I get COVID. I've had COVID or, you know, what? I think most people have probably had it at this point. I think most people will be like, no. Not That's interested correct. in participating in that madness again. So they may think that they have it all figured out, that they learned a lot in how to control people and do all that kind of stuff. I think they'll get a a, a, a real lesson if they attempt to do those kind of shutdowns again.
5: I, I would, I, that would be great. You know, I think the other if, if people keep on getting shot, there's been research on that also, that the more COVID vaccines that you've had, the more susceptible you are to getting COVID. Um, you know, so I mean, that's just another piece of it. I, I think people just need to be aware of some of these things. The one doctor coming from Alabama, um, he has done a lot of work on blood clots and he has a long COVID, uh, COVID clinic where you actually have to treat people with uh, blood clotting medications, you know, to help them not clot their blood so much because of the vaccine. So there really is a lot of good information that's going to be coming to Alaska. I'm excited about the group that we're bringing up, and I'm excited about what they're going to bring to us to let us know about how to take care of ourselves better. Yeah. So I appreciate you listening to me, Michael.
4: All right. Well, I appreciate it. Enjoy your vacation down in Colorado, and we'll see you. I appreciate it. We Enjoy your enjoy your, your uh, vacation down in Colorado, and we will see you when you get back. Thank you so much for calling in and joining us Thank this you, morning.
5: Thank you, for Thank you.
4: All right, thanks so much. Um, all right, phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. As I said, any topic is fair game. If you want to uh, pick things up and, uh, and talk about it, whatever it is, I'm happy to hear what you have to say on that. Uh, all right, so this request for proposal for this comparison, the comparison is going to include 404 different jobs, including positions as varied as prison guards, archaeologists, there are state archaeologists, wow, ferry workers, tax auditors, and the people in charge of regulating the accuracy of gas pumps and grocery store scales. This is an $800,000 contract that's going to be issued on November the 15th, and the request calls for a final report to be delivered no later than June 30th of 2024, and that would allow for any recommendations to be incorporated into the budget process for 2025, the following year. Uh, During the spring legislative session, the lawmakers had heard extensive testimony about how short-staffed the state is, and they budgeted a million dollars for the survey. As of Thursday, there were still – because the hiring is still pretty tough. For example, the executive branch – just the executive branch – 15,650 positions in the executive branch. Only 13,200 were filled. (laughs) Historically. Man, that's a lot of people just in the executive branch. Uh, That's 85% fill rate. So they're trying to figure out what is it? Is it pay? Is it retirement? Is it what's the, you know, how does it compare? Historically, state officials have labeled a salary competitive if it's better than 65% of the state's private sector and public public sector competitors. Anything at least 10% above or below is considered misaligned. So and they're going to use anchorage as the baseline for the measurement. So I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. If it's better than 65% of the private sector and public sector competitors. Huh, okay. I I just I mean I remember the day when you made a lesser salary but you got your gold-plated benefits, so it was all okay. I mean, I I you know that was the remember that was the push for it when it was all said and done. Uh, all right, let's go back over to the phones and see what you guys have to say. We'll go back over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Good morning, Michael. This is Carlene in Kodiak. Good morning. Um, going back to David Boyle's talk on the on the COVID, I was wondering if perhaps you could have somebody come on to the program after Peter, Dr. McCullough has uh, spoken in Anchorage I have his curriculum vitae here, and um, I hear him often on different radio programs. So this is a really important topic. And on Town Hall News, somewhere around August 4th, 5th or 6th, somewhere there, they said that the long COVID, about 30% of the people that get COVID get the long COVID. And so this is a big deal. I've had COVID since January 2nd, and I've slept three days and three nights just this week alone, and um, it it is a big deal. Right. Maybe somebody could tell us how to remediate that.
4: Yeah, no, maybe I'll reach out to David and Linda and see if I can get – maybe we can get some contact and bring Dr. McCullough on to talk about it. I know that there's been several people that I know that have had lingering repercussions from COVID, and uh, a couple people I know have – got it multiple times this year alone. So definitely uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing to do because it can, it it can be scary. It is a bad, if you do get it, it can be bad, not for everybody, but for some people, especially it can be bad to have long-term effects. So yeah, it wouldn't be bad to have Dr. McCullough on to talk about it see if we can get him on the program. Maybe
1: that would be wonderful.
4: All right, Carlene. Well, I hope you, I hope you feel better and I appreciate you listening and thanks for tuning in. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time, okay?
1: Yes, I know.
4: All right, thanks. Uh, Carlene calling in from Kodiak, which leaves one of the lines open at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Well, something's got to be done in the state to try and uh, attract or keep uh, our kids, right? I mean, we've talked about whether it's the university, whether about it's voc-ed, whether it's opportunity, whether it's getting government out of the way and more. A new study proves that that is more important than ever Uh, This new study, James Brooks over at the Alaska Beacon is writing about it, and uh, it's got some interesting details I I think it it even made me raise my eyebrow a little bit when I was reading some of the details of this We'll get into that here in just a moment, Uh, but before we do, we've got another phone call, so we'll go over here Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael, it's Elena from
2: Anchor Point. How are you doing?
4: Good, good. How are you doing this morning? What's on your mind?
2: Oh, hanging in there. Well, you were touching on the topic last week um, about college education, and it ties in, I believe, with the employment issue that we're having these days. For example, I grew up in Texas, and my father ran a restaurant business for years before he had to close it down. And then one of his jobs after that was the county nutrition director for where we were living. He was just merely the substitute the temporary director there until they found somebody who could take the position. All because my father did not have a college education. But within the first three months of him having that job he saved the county over $10,000. He was replaced by somebody who had a degree in sociology and he cost the county more money. I know some jobs as you had discussed last week and I fully agree need a college education but there are some that do not but they I feel that they do not that is and some of these jobs and these employers are still requiring that a lot of people these days don't have that or they you know went to school and they stopped for one reason or another and they have so many hours I think that's part of our problem and if these employers can go back excuse me can if they can go back and Reevaluate exactly what they need for requirements, and maybe instead of a college degree or um, partial hours, look at their life experiences as a qualification for the the job that they're applying for. Yeah, and I, I th- think that might help the issue. But this is just my opinion.
4: Yeah, no, I think that's what's uh, that's what's happening right now. I mean, that's what's happening in many ways. Uh, many organizations are now reevaluating whether or not they should require a college degree uh, for that very reason because there are qualified candidates out there that just don't happen to have uh, some kind of degree program and, and, and in some cases you know some of these jobs it's like well, They don't have any, you know, they don't care what your degree is in. They just want you to have a degree. It's like they show that you could tough it out kind of thing or that you could take the punishment of college, et cetera, et cetera. But many businesses are starting to look at that and realize you don't have to have a degree to be able to be good at your job. And uh, sometimes it's on-the-job training. Sometimes it's a history of apprenticeship. You know, it just depends on what it is. Oh, I know,
2: but, like, in my father's case, you know, Here he, you know, managed restaurants. At one time he had five different restaurants across the city where we live eventually had to close them down due to staffing himself and rent going up and whatnot. But he saves the county $10,000. He does a better job of directing everything, which one of the meals, one of the programs that he ran was the Meals on Wheels. And the guy that, to you know, replace him wasn't even qualified. Forget lay the degree aside for that right. one gentleman. Right, he had no experience in managing anything.
4: Well, and,
2: budget-wise, employees, nothing.
4: Right. Well, and again, I think and that I think I think that shows. The- yeah, no, I think that that shows the difference between somebody who's had to run a budget and live by a budget, somebody who's had to manage employees, who's had to make a dollar work, who's had to turn a profit. That's where, you know, uh, the public public enterprises, public uh, sector things could benefit from having entrepreneurs come in there and do that. Like you said, three months, he saved him 10000 bucks. He found efficiencies because it wasn't just about waste. The new guy shows up. He doesn't know anything. Well, that's going to be a whole different deal. And I think that's exactly, uh, you You make a valid point. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of uh, businesses are starting to see that as well. Hey, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much for coming in and uh, being part of it today. I got to go, though. We got more coming up. One final segment dead ahead, and we'll talk about that exfil from Alaska and what could be done to fix it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
4: Okay, let me get caught up here in the chat room to see what you guys are saying. See what's going on. Um. Okay. Yeah the okay, uh, like petting fuzzy cows. Um. Bah 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 bah. Um. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> Jim says, "It's easy for me to talk tough about noncompliance when I'm sitting on my couch watching TV." We'll see what happens when they start again. Yeah, I mean it 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 is it is easier to talk about it but again I never shut down during the covid uh you know the first covid thing I mean we were an essential industry radio is an essential industry anyway but we never shut down we never we never you know did any of those things and again I think now that people can see the ramifications of it the unknown ramifications what they didn't know at the beginning because remember I mean this was all about The fear, I mean, people, you're going to die, right? You're going to die. And while it's true that COVID is a, and can be a dangerous virus and dangerous disease, it turned out that the number of people who died, that it was lower than what they anticipated. I mean, they really, really pumped up the fear factor on that, hoping to minimize it. And I think in the long run, it's backfired, whether it's the... You know the lost the lost uh, years of schooling for the children, the irreparable harm that was done to many businesses, the, um, the the hypocrisy of many of the politicians who are calling for their cities to be shut down and then were off scene attending dinners and getting their hair cut and everything else. Um, you know, the the do what I say, not what I do kind of thing. I think that if it came around again, I think it would be a totally different. Um a totally different thing. Now he also makes the point, unless you're self-employed, job mandates are hard to ignore. So if your job says you must get the COVID vaccine, yeah, I mean, I, I could I could see that. It's a it's a tough decision. Uh I was just very thankful as I watched all that stuff go through. I was very thankful that I myself was not faced with that, with that uh problem where they said you have to get vaccinated. Um I I'm glad I wasn't I'm glad I didn't have to face that decision that would be a very very hard decision for people who had to make the choice of do I give in and capitulate or do I change jobs you know or and in some cases especially people in the medical industry there I mean there was not another job that you could take that didn't mandate it uh, in the in the long run it's just it's just it's it's scary you know it's scary. Um all right. Um at this point, what difference does it make? Um uh, Okay. Going through here to see what's going on here. Whoopee. <laughs> Brian What, Brian? What? Uh whoopee, we're all gonna die. Uh he says, I maintain um um, i maintain the cure was far worse than the disease yeah i mean i would agree with that and and in fact i think you could look at other countries that did not have the massive amounts of lockdowns that we did and their numbers are you know again comparable to what we did so uh did we really save anything or did we just do more was it more of a self-inflicted wounds it's uh it's it's interesting to see what's what's going on there Um, interesting medical, what? I don't, medical universities are soliciting long haul COVID and chronic Lyme people for studies. Both bioweapon, Lyme disease? I don't know, Lyme disease is not a bioweapon. What? I'm confused. I'm confused by your, your comment has confused me. We'll see what's, see what's going on here. Um, all right. I think that's pretty much all the good comments. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all good comments. Um. Yeah. Debbie says she's talking about the building, the state Capitol building. I agree. Went to the Capitol and saw this and it's so very dirty. It looks moldy. I mean, yeah, you look at the outside of the building and it's just like, First of all, it's all big and gray and brutal and concrete. It looks like a bunker with windows. And then on top of it, it's got all this scuzz and scum on the outside of it. And you're like, man, show a little pride in what you're doing. <laughs> it's just like, wow, this thing is oof. Oof. All right. Um, I got this study to talk about and phone calls and more. We're ready to go. Like and share, like and follow, do all the YouTube things and get ready to go. Let's get to it, shall we? The Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. It's Monday. I might go back to bed after this. I'm not really, but I wish. I wish I could go back to bed after this. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Ding. That's it. Here we go. Okay, and we are ready. Ready. One final segment of the big radio show this morning. We are ready to get into it and to do uh, the final cleanup here for today's program. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Brad Keithley will be joining us for hour one of the show. Hour two, uh, Chris Story is actually traveling and I think he's gonna be with us on Wednesday. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh we should have Mike Shower as well. And on Thursday, Nick Begich the third should be joining us. So busy, busy time. Busy time this week. See if we can fill up the rest of those slots and we will continue. All right. Uh so before the break, I was talking about how do we retain more Alaskans? How do we keep them in Alaska? How do we keep people who were born here, the kids, the children? How do we keep them here in Alaska? Um, now, I've been lucky so far in my uh, in my household. Uh, I have five children, and only one of them is left. She got married, and uh, her husband was in the military, so they traveled a while, and now they've s- situated themselves down in Florida of all places, Florida, oh man, but it's okay, so she's outside uh with the family and everything else, but what you know, I got four other kids, so we're, we got we're, we're beating the track record so far because this new uh data is out talking about how many Alaskans how, how how are we doing at keeping and you know making the state what did they say sticky? well they there was a study. Uh, And it was an analysis of the U.S. Census Bureau data published by the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. (laughs) Government money funding more government. Anyway, uh, more than half of Alaskans born within the state have moved away. The state's ability to retain native-born residents, according to James Brooks from the Alaska Beacon, is an indicator of its economic health and attractiveness. and And Alaska ranked near the bottom of the analysis. Conducted by the University of North Florida professor Madeline Zavodny. Using data from the Census Bureau's 2021 community survey, they found Alaska retained only 48.7% of those born inside of its borders. We were only trailed by Wyoming and North Dakota. That was it. And it was close with North Dakota. It was a point, one tenth of one percent difference between Alaska and North Dakota. Now, at the opposite end of the scale, Texas retained 82% of its native board residents, followed by North Carolina, Georgia, California, and Utah. The study noted that the five stickiest states, those able to keep their residents, each had above average job growth between 2010 and 2019, and four of the top five states had below average levels of taxation. You think there's a corollary there? I don't know. Four out of five. Maybe four out of five can't be wrong. The new study corroborates a familiar trend here in Alaska, where the number of people moving out of the state has exceeded the number of new residents for 10 consecutive years. So what does it take to keep people here, to make them available for the workforce? What does it take? Mm, You know, I think there has to be more technical vocational training. I think there has to be less onerous regulations. You know, you want to create businesses and industries where people want to stay. You know, we need to get the government out of the way of those things. So I think all of those are prime examples of things that we need to do uh, to try and bring that other. The Department of Labor's next scheduled population and migration estimates are due in January. So we'll see how we did over the summer. But I have a feeling that if the trend continues, it's still not going to be great. It's not gonna be good. All right, let's uh, continue over to the phone lines right now and see what you guys have to say in the last couple minutes of the show. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
6: That's uh, Bob and Seward.
4: Morning, Bob. What's on your mind?
6: Yeah. A hey, uh, hunting this fall, we encountered uh, a uh, an issue with drones. Um, they they seemed to follow us around, and every time we found um, moose, I mean, we were out there busting our butts looking for these moose, and every time we found them, these guys come crashing in with their wheelers. This is up in Delta Junction, and every time it was like they knew that the moose were there because they used drones. We actually saw the drones flying more than once, and every time that was flying, where we were at, and they 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 were honing in on uh, where the moose were back there, and then they would send uh, the other individuals were crashing back in there with their wheelers through the, through the brush, you know, irregardless of trail or anything else, they were just going right out, firing right out through the brush, and it was just it was just so disappointing to see uh, this criminal element uh, up there in Delta that was doing that, and uh, it just yeah, they, they need up the penalties for. For, for doing that, so that there is some consequences for it.
4: Yeah, no, We've no, had I'm... no chance. Yeah. No, I mean, there's already, I know that it's the same day fly rule. If you, have a, if you have an airplane, you know, if you see a moose or spot a moose, you can't hunt for the the same day that you're flying, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this should be the same kind of thing for the drones, if that's the case, especially if there's other hunters in the area that are tracking it or whatever. That is definitely not a, and I don't even know, is it, I don't think it's legal to use drones to hunt, is it? I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't hunted it in quite a few years, but it is. I, yeah, go ahead.
6: It's not. It's not legal to use them to hunt, but these guys don't care. I mean, they're just out there, and and the penalty isn't enough, apparently, or, or the the chances of getting caught. I mean, I tried calling enforcement, uh, I think six times up there, and never got an answer. Nobody picked up. Oh wow!
4: Wow. Well, Bob, that's a, that's horrific, and you're right. It shouldn't happen, and, uh, I mean, the penalties are there for a reason. I mean, I remember some of those penalties, they could take, uh, you know, if they wanted to, they could take all the gear that you were using on the hunt, including your four-wheelers and your equipment and your boats or whatever it is. So maybe the penalty, you know, needs to to fit that kind of thing. But, yeah, that's not the right way to hunt, that's for sure.
6: No, it was just completely unfair to us and completely unfair to the animals, too. So,
4: yeah. All right, Bob. Yeah, it, th- was, it was depressing. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for bringing it to our yeah. attention. I appreciate you. you calling in. Uh, 907-433-3150. One other call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
7: Yeah, this is Mark from Fairbanks. And Good um, morning. Speaker phone. Hey, um, I know we're sh- Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I know we're short on time, so I'm just going to make this quick the lady that called in about long covid so this is people suffering from long covid or repeated covid um, they can check out the real doctor judy i think these are all com but it seems like they're real doctors they have a real good track record helping people the real doctor the real doctor judy.com drstellamd.com drstellamd.com and then um dr peter McCull- McCullough. Sorry, I'm not, I don't remember how to pronounce it exactly, but Dr. Peter McCullough, M-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H, M-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H. Okay. So um, to help people who are suffering from COVID issues. Yeah. Um, The real Dr. Judy, Dr. Stella M.D.,
4: Yep, And Dr. McCullough McCullough. Yeah, Dr. McCullough is going to be speaking at that COVID Alliance meeting So it's it's good stuff I know that there's people out there who are suffering it And uh, Mark, I appreciate you calling in and giving us the details on it Thank you so much All right, folks, we are out of time for today We'll be back tomorrow with Brad Keithley Bright and early Join us in the 6 o'clock club That's a free club You just got to show up at 6 o'clock and listen to the show And you're an official member We got t-shirts and everything (laughs) <laughs> it's Monday You're going to have a great one I guarantee it For twice your money back We'll see you tomorrow Have a great day Okay Well my friends It's uh, I, I guess we got to go do our thing um, we got to go do our thing and, uh, and, and be adults, be adults. All right. I'm just looking through any of the comments here. Definitely a correlation says Donna. Numerous studies show that small government low taxes. Come on. Show the comment. My God, it's taken so long. Numerous studies show that small government, low tax states retain and attract investment, people, and jobs. There you go. Yeah, I like it. All right, my friends, it's good to uh, it's good to see you, and I appreciate you going. Uh, appreciate you being here. We will see you guys. Tomorrow. Take a nap. My dad says, "Go take a nap." Can you write me a doctor's note, Dad? I might need that if i didn't have so much work to do today i might i might do that all right folks we'll see you tomorrow love y'all have a great day